Hello and welcome to episode number 156 of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. I'm joined by the amazing Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, quite the list of movie, TV, streaming, comics, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. Even another category this week. And uh, good times to go with it. First off on our movie news, we've got a the Batman deleted Joker scene that has been released. Uh, boy, Brad, w- what was your take on this, man? You know, I I really I really dug it. Um, you know, and it's 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 cool because it still leaves a lot of things open as far as you know, is the character going to be in the sequel? Possibly. But it could just as easily be a setup for the Joker to be in the the, God, the Arkham series that is in development, or the Penguin series, or the Gotham TV series if that evolves into something different than the Arkham series. So it's very open in what could be next for that character. The look and the attitude of the character are frightening. And the look is still kind of, um, to to me anyway, clouded enough. You don't really necessarily see it super clear. So it could still be um, a a stylized version of the character um, in ways that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, You know, I remember way back when The Dark Knight came out and the tragedy of the shooting. Um, and uh, in a cool news, I know that's not the most trusted uh, source these days because of uh, Harry Knowles and all that, but he made a point. He's saying maybe it's time for a different type of Batman, a Batman where we can have something like Clayface come in. And with that kind of stylized, maybe overly strange-looking Joker, Matt Reeves can go into that world. Now, I've also heard him say that... um, he he thinks that he can find a way to use Mr. Freeze uh, as well. So it, it might be kind of cool to have some more of those less grounded villains and a less grounded type of Batman um, starring in a Batman movie, not in Justice League, because you can't have a grounded Batman in Justice League. It just doesn't work. But um, so I, 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 yeah, I guess to sum it up, I really kind of like the possibilities that it that it brings to the surface for the future of Matt Reeves, Batman world. What about you? Okay. So I actually had to avoid the, I read the article, but I had to avoid the thing because I haven't seen the movie yet. And even though I'm sure it's not going to mess with me in any way, there was a part of me that was like, wait, you might not even understand the context of the character until, so I'm, I'm holding off, but it was really cool to get, you know, the read through of the article, which just, you know, makes some mentions. And, and I, I was able to just glean what I needed to about what the scene entails for the most part. Um, but you were able to give me that visualized experience, which was great because you didn't spoil anything for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I haven't. Yeah. So it, I thought it was perfect because it, it for anybody else who's in my position and I'm I'm married, so it's a partnership. Like, I don't get to decide when I'm going to the movies. (laughs) I get to come to an agreement with somebody on that. So when that could happen can sometimes be one of those things where it's like, and that window is passed, I will be streaming this. So that's still a possibility. Like, even though I know there's intent that my wife has been like, yeah, it looks cool. I want to see it. It hasn't happened yet. So until it happens, I'm holding off and just sort of like giving myself that like cushion and, and kudos to everybody online. I, Maybe I don't go to all the best places, but I haven't seen a lot of spoilers, a lot of like, you know, right in your face. This will ruin the movie for you type experiences. So, so far, I'm feeling like it's it's working. And if I can just keep a certain amount of mystery going in, eh, I'm going to have a certain amount coming out and then I'll probably watch it. And maybe I'll try and recap with you. So that's going to be my take. However, the blessing is there's there's more movie news coming your way and we have it announced that sharon stone is reportedly in talks to join blue beetle which basically means something could kind of happen in this sort of well let's get back to you which never really feels like a concrete story but that's not going to stop us from talking about it brad what'd you think 
Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of like the story. Um, you know, Catwoman aside, uh, Sharon Stone can be pretty picky about the roles that she chooses. Um, uh, she had a, a, a memoir come out last year, the year before, um, maybe even pre-COVID, but anyway, it came out not all that long ago. And she did a lot of press and, and things, and I've read some interviews with her, and she does seem very picky about the roles she chooses. So she must see something about this role um, that she likes. So that kind of intrigues me that it's good enough that it got her attention. And it uh, looks like she's playing a character, Victoria Cord, who is an original character, but maybe a gender-swapped version of Jarvis Cord, which was Ted Cord's uncle. So we will be getting the Cord family in this uh, movie, which is kind of cool, too. So, um, yeah, I think this is uh, makes me hopeful uh, for this project. What about you? Yeah, I'm really intrigued. I, I feel like she can... I, I feel like she's shown a lot of uh, breadth in her work. And even recently, I've enjoyed her in, uh, what's it called? Like Murder Town, Murderville. Um, and it's, you know, she played one of, you know, essentially it's a, it's a sketch show where there's a script, but the guest starring actor coming on has no idea what that is and has to improv. And I thought she was phenomenal. It was really great to see her improv at play. And I thought to myself, wow, this is great range. You know, we've already seen her, you know, um, go through a number of typecastings in the 90s and then recently, like, really push against what's expected and, and deliver some amazing performances. So I think the possibility is cool. I like what uh, you described that suggested in the article and that you really developed nicely, which is this idea of, um, a gender swap version of Jarvis, uh, an original character who could be some amalgamation of different things or just provide a, a great nuance. And who knows? We've we've seen it happen where characters can appear on the screen and later in comics. So it could be one of those where they're going to introduce there and then show up later. But I like the potential simply because I like the quality of the actor we're talking about. So I feel like anything like that is a uh, strong possibility for, you know, a great movie simply because you know, the more established uh, actors that you have to balance out, you know, new actors coming in, you also get this like interesting mix because uh, I love it when later you hear the interviews and the older actors like, yeah, new person brought it in, man, like stepped it up. <laughs> so I always feel there can be some, you know, great chemistry potential when you've got someone you already know with someone that you're just meeting or, you know, getting to see in a new light and through that chemistry really, Great possibilities. So I like the uh, the addition. I also like that we have talk about Batgirl and uh, comment from J.K. Simmons saying DC's film delves into, quote, different aspect, end quote, of the character. Brad, that's a, it's a teasing headline. What did you glean from the article that, you know, fills anything in for us? Well, you know, I think that given the fact that we saw so little of Jim Gordon in the Justice League movie. And I, I mean, Grant, that would be just kind of the nature of the beast when there's so many characters in that movie. So um, that's to be expected. So it's cool that he's going to be able to explore deeper, you know, deep, deeper elements with the character, you know, relationships with his family and things like that. Because, you know, we, we all know that J.K. Simmons is a great actor. So seeing him get to kind of stretch his legs and, and, and live in this character a little more is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, it, you know, it's it just another one of those things that makes me excited, excited for this. And, and I think he also comments about how good Leslie Grace is. And I, I think her star is definitely on the rise and this could break her even more, uh, than, uh, in the Heights. So, I. You know, I, I'm, I'm really excited as this production comes together. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to new stories about this movie every week to talk about. Uh, what about you? Completely agree with that last sentiment. I mean, I'm looking forward to more developments. I do like what J.K. Simmons had to say, and I, I like how you summarized it there with that, you know, idea of how little we got to see him 
in the uh, the Justice League movies. And for the most part, he was there to provide, you know, that grounding that you were mentioning earlier. And I, I totally lost in my response the opportunity to point out that you're right in that I think that it's important to venture past. Like, we've established now that fans can respect that there's a grounded version of Batman. But there's also a fantastical side to the characters in the costume, some or in the costume in the comics. And you know, some of those are among his, you know, most popular in his rogues gallery. Like you were talking about the idea of a Clayface character or other, you know, more fantastical possibilities. I like the idea that you could go in that direction while also having this very grounded version with a father-daughter relationship and also a crime fighter who's dealing more about the people in the streets. I mean, I'm sure when it's a team thing and it's all Bat Family, yeah, you know, okay, fantastical elements might be a part of that narrative. But in in this way, you can have two different versions of Gotham, one where there's this just like unbelievable, you know, you're kidding me, uh, that that could start branching out now that we've established Batman as a, a very rooted character with a lot of, you know, <laughs> things that can be understood realistically, practically, however, you know, we feel that might have for audiences, you know, it needed to be established with them. But now that it has been, you can branch out from that. At the same time, you can also balance it with Batgirl with this great, you know, relationship also with this community, also with an opportunity to develop these characters more. You know, you got a great introduction in Justice League, but now we're going to get to see this, as he points out, this complete other side. I think it's going to be uh, a great experience, and I hopefully mean, hope that it means uh, future projects for Batgirl, for J.K. Simmons, for us to enjoy. Speaking of additional projects, um, okay, here's one that kind of uh, caught my attention and made me chuckle. Aquaman King of Atlantis is going to be released as a full-length feature on DVD. Brad, um, comments? <laughs> I, you know, the thing that jumped out to me about this article is that it called it a critic-loved and fan-loved series, and that makes me feel like I got a little uh, dirt on my face, because I remember when Steve and I talked about this series when it was originally released we weren't too thrilled about it it seemed too cartoony and too silly uh, but now i i may have to go go back and check this out i still i still haven't watched it um but the, you know the, the voice casting you know the cast is is really really good jillian G- jacobs cooper andrews um you know, so so many good people uh, flew aboard. So yeah, I may have to go and check this out on streaming. And if I like it, I may have to pick uh, pick this this uh, DVD up. Uh, what about you? Have you have you seen this yet? I watched one episode. I watched the first one. Maybe I watched the second. And then something came out, and I was like, ah, pulled away. Um, it it was interesting in that it reminded me of like a. Oh, goodness. I'm going to date myself here. But like Johnny Dangerously or uh, a couple of others where it's like it's it's poking fun at itself. Um, but it's also doing so from a very absurd place, like the colors and everything about it is a bit outlandish. You know, the green hair, the green beard, things like that, that you're just kind of like, OK, so what are we doing here? But for the most part, it's having fun. It's taking these ideas and it's sort of pushing them. There's a little bit of social commentary. It's doing a lot of little things, which intrigued me. Um, I didn't find it to be amazing. So I think you can wipe some of the dirt off your face. I don't I don't know that everyone like critically raved about it. And and I'm going to suggest a possibility that, uh, you know, some people liked it, some people liked parts of it. <laughs> I didn't find myself going like, this is amazing. I have to watch this again. But I did find myself going, I'm I'm not turned off by it. I don't know what it is, but you know what I mean? There's something about it that that makes you pay attention. And I think there's a value in that. So I'm curious now to finish the miniseries and see what I think. But I'm intrigued also because for me, that's that's a part of the benefit. I don't collect as much physical media, especially not um, 
you know, when it comes to like movies and things like that. Is this something where you might find yourself, should you enjoy it as much as they say, pick it up and, and add this to your collection since it's now being offered in this uh, collected feature length format? Yeah, I might. I might. You know, anything's possible. Okay. Yeah, I I can't say either, but I figured I'd pose the question and, you know, see. We have one more movie story, and then we're going to go ahead and shift gears into some more fun stuff. We have an update on the uh, the Blackhawks movie, and one that's coming from the writer. And uh, Brad, I'll let you take it away from there, my friend. Oh man, this this uh, this might be my favorite story of the week. You know, I had totally forgotten about this with all the you know all the different projects that get announced that we that we talk about week to week. This one really got lost in the shuffle, and I I, I could be completely wrong, but we may have talked about it deep in the past. Um, but I, I I love the idea of Spielberg directing a not only a DC movie but a Blackhawks movie because there is so much you could do with that. Um, first of all, you know he'd be great at directing the fight scenes uh you know he's 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 a true genius and an icon and a legend uh but it would be fun if he finds ways to tie it into the to the broader dc movies out there in little ways that would be you know a lot of fun to maybe follow those trails and those easter eggs so yeah i'm glad this is kind of back on our radar now because uh, this is one that um, I, I really hope doesn't go the way of the new gods. I, I really hope that we that we get more news about this. What about you? I do briefly remember a story about this, but then I felt like at one point there hadn't been enough news and there was speculation that it wasn't happening now or that because other projects hadn't worked out like new gods, that there was a greater likelihood that this wouldn't. But then there's also the fact that, I mean, it seems to me at least that Spielberg plays the long game. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's he's like, yeah, I'll do that project. Maybe it's going to take me six to eight years to get there. And maybe I need some stuff. You know, I feel like with he and Lucas, it's always about the technology. If it's good enough to do what they want to do, they'll do it. But if it's not, they'll wait. Get the technology good enough, then I'll do it. You know, they've gotten to that point now where they have the cloud that they can do it when the timing's right. So I, I'd be intrigued by that. I'd also be interested, though, if he if he was like, yeah, so what if I produce but bring in a director and we do a collaborative? And, and I always feel that can be an interesting possibility. But, yeah, him directing would probably be magical. I mean, you know, the guy's got such a, a wonderful, you know, artistic and storytelling eye. And I feel like there's a lot of interest still. There has been, and I think there will continue to be, in great stories about characters and settings like that. So given the movies that we've seen, comic books on on both sides of the uh, the big two that have done well covering material from that era, uh, I think it would be a great possibility that still has a strong chance. So I'm I'm hopeful. Um, and I like it when a writer comes out and is like, yeah, we got a great script. Everybody digs it. We just need the money and we just got to get it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. He did say that, you know, it's about they're looking at a, which is also intriguing. He said they're looking at like a $200 million budget on what they have planned. And that seems really cool because that seems like it's really going to be a spectacle and add that to the idea of, you know, George, um, Steven Spielberg directing it, and I mean, it could just be anything, you know. Definitely, be yeah. I think it, I think it could be a lot of fun. Plus, I also feel like uh, ah, there's this this idea that kind of goes with um, when you're launching a project like this that there's this like feeling of like if the timing and the groove is there, people will really respond well you just have to offer it to them in a way that that really catches their interest but yeah 200 million um you gotta imagine it's gotta be something fantastic to say the least <laughs> um with that we shift gears out of movie news and head on over into uh tv and streaming news and we have announcements that both superman and lois and the flash have been renewed brad i've got my thoughts you know i do but you know i want to hear yours too 
this to me did not come as a surprise. Um, I, I really think that the Superman we get in Superman and Lois is one of the better live action Supermans that we've ever gotten. Uh, Tyler, I'm not sure how do you pronounce his last name, does does a great job. Um, shows very well written, so that did not surprise me. And neither did The Flash. The same thing with The Flash. The cast is such a well-oiled machine at this point. They have lived in these characters for so long, uh, you know, and they just keep knocking out of the park. It hasn't really jumped the shark yet, so that didn't come as a surprise either. You know, I say as long as these shows are still at the top of their game, more episodes, the better. What about you? Yeah, with uh, with Superman and Lois, I feel like they've captured something quite magic. Um, You know, Tyler... Hecklin Hocklin is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, got it. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, he's, he's really got that. Um, he really understands how to convey that compassionate empathy that we've come to know and love about Superman. Like the, the gift is not, you know, how do you use the power, but it's how do you think about what to do? You know, how do you approach a problem? And I've really loved seeing his relationship with Lois, his relationship with others and his boys. I think they've got something very special and they've they've really nailed it from the first episode. Uh, I remember when we watched that first trailer, we were like, I don't know about this. And then the next one was much better. And then I saw the first episode and I went, "Ooh, oh, okay, you you have me. In fact, I think as soon as they introduced the storyline about jordan and explain you know the problems that he'd been facing and how they were addressing him as a family i was hooked like from that moment and then the flash just recently was watching the most recent episode and it just reminded me once again how they have never lost their understanding of what their bearings are like when it comes to a flash story yeah that's a great way to put it right (laughs) yeah they just uh they they understand that thing that that always made for me wally such a great flash when he would describe to linda you're my lightning rod you're my this is how i always know i'm gonna find my way home it's you and they've really centered that same idea with the relationship of barry and iris and and for barry iris was always everything so keeping that as a focus in these stories and you know not losing sight of the fact that that's the heart behind the flash and his relationship with everyone else i i think guarantees that season nine you know i can easily see there was probably around like six or seven i worried that that wasn't happening in the same way and then i really feel like they've really strengthened their focus and i can honestly see the show going for another five or six seasons easily getting renewed as long as it it keeps that in mind and with that idea i think if lois and uh superman and lois continues on the same path they're on, understanding what they're doing and what their focus is for each story, they they could be here another 10 years from now, too. Like, I could really easily see that as a possibility. So these ones aren't big. I'm a little surprised as I read the story, though, that Naomi and Legends of Tomorrow, I mean, I've been a little worried about Legends of Tomorrow. I feel like they're closing up some stuff, like they could be getting ready to shut it down. But Naomi, Batwoman, Stargirl, those those all seem like no-brainers. Like, Naomi is so good. So has Stargirl. It's been top-notch. And everything I've seen and heard from you about Batwoman has been phenomenal. Gotham Knights is probably the only question because we don't know what sort of stage that's in as far as a pilot. and Anything can happen between now and then. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing positive news about these and sharing them with everyone in a uh, future episode. But that's just the beginning of our TV and streaming news. We also have uh, an announcement, speaking of Gotham Knights, that Misha Collins will be joining this series as the legendary Two-Face. Brad, what was your take on this? I am all for you know, classic Batman villains coming into this series, especially kind of given that in this world, Bruce Wayne is either dead or missing i forget exactly what the status was on that but you know they were these heroes were kind of blamed for it and uh adding these other dc villains into this whole mix is certainly going to complicate things for the hero uh and you know i'm sure that uh, mr howlands can pull it off uh i guess his most 
famous role would be in Supernatural. So if you're a Supernatural fan, you might you might recognize him. Um, so yeah, I I really hope this gets picked up for a whole season. Uh, what about you? Uh, I think it's a great casting. I'm not familiar. I I I don't watch Supernatural. Okay, I said it. So uh, with that out of the way, I'm not as familiar with Misha Collins. I know the name, and I feel like I've seen him in something else. I can't think of what it is, and I don't have the moment to IMDb it. But uh, I, you know, just in that one shot they've got of him, I think he's got a great, you know, um, presence for it. I think he could really pull off a a two face. And uh, I like that he's got this tweet about whether or not he's going to have the trench coat. And it sounds like he's just, you know, not going to be comfortable any other way. So that's just a great little nod to the character that I love. And I love it when they sound, you know, so interested when they, they talk about a casting like this. Uh, also announced for Gotham, got Gotham, the Gotham Knights is uh, Anna Lore or Lori uh, is joining the cast. And she will be in the pilot playing Stephanie Brown, also known as Spoiler, also known as, well, anyways, Brad, what did you think about this? Uh, this is really cool. We're going to get Spoiler or at least Stephanie Brown. Um, we might maybe, you know, if we do get a, a full season, maybe she won't take up the Spoiler persona quite yet. Maybe that'll be a second season thing, but at least we have that possibility. Um, I think it's a cool character. and. I, uh, Anna Laura apparently is in All American, which I have not seen, so I'm not really familiar with her work, but um, I, I, I love the idea of the character coming to the show. What about you? Definitely. I, I, I get a kick out of a character who's, um, you know, raised on brain teasers and puzzles and how that leads into coding, but also um, the parents are such a tough thing you know they can create a shadow that can really like define your life and that can be a positive or a negative it can be the thing you're always trying to escape so i like that there's possibility there that could be woven in nicely i also think that uh you know spoiler as a character um offers you know that different take on on what it means to you know enact your form of justice and how do you go about doing that and how do you fight crime i mean she's got a style all to her own so i think the idea of showcasing that and bringing more attention to a character that fans of comics have loved for a very long time uh just going to be sort of a win-win and i think it's a good element to add to gotham knights this is a somewhat newer um storyline concept so selling it you know sort of bringing it home is also going to be really helpful with characters who can represent some different ideas and through that you know connection of all these different characters really offer us a, an insight into what what was gotham before and what is it now and you know that whole idea of what are you fighting for why are you bothering to do this so that should be really cool um we've got a final tv and streaming news story and then we will have to step away for an ad break we got to pay some bills Brad, do I wear the bunny suit this time? Anyways, we'll get back to that. Ah, Easter. We do have on our final TV and streaming James Gunn referencing possibly two more DC projects after Peacemaker. Do you really think he's going to stop it too? This is a guy who wrote a series in like six months during the pandemic. Brad, what do you think? You pointed out something very important that he did write this whole series during the pandemic. So he, he works fast. So, uh, I think that we may be getting these sooner than we think. I know he's probably really um, tied up in, you know, Guardians 3 world right now, but he does work fast. So I bet when it's done and after he's, you know, done editing and done with the press that he's going to hit the ground running. And, you know, I have no idea what, you know, what these series are going to be on. I don't even want to speculate at this point. Um, but the guy's so good that it could be any character uh, and I would, I would watch it. So it's almost like the character's not even that important to me. It's just the fact that James Gunn's involved. So I'm, I'm down. And it also kind of helps that um, his wife is in Peacemaker or his fiance. Did they get married? I think they got married. Um, so, you know, having his wife so close by to work with, um, you know, that might be a character they might it might bring her character into these other series as well. So is you know, if he's got the the 
the stamina and the creativity to work in both Marvel and DC worlds, then absolutely he he's the guy to do it. So yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see what he comes up with. What about you? Same. I mean, he, clearly the, the man knows how to just like put his head down and get to work and knows what completing a story looks like and how he wants to do it and what that entails you know, when it comes to a series or something else. So, you know, the the original project sounds like something that came out of the work that he got to do on Peacemaker. And it feels like that other thing he's talking about also came out. You know, it's like you're working on something, you get an idea for something else. He made some notes about it and then later came back to it. It was like, yeah, this still has some, you know, some things I can build on and got it to a far enough point where now he's talking about it as another possibility. Now, Granted, you know, Warner Brothers, DC, HBO Max might all want to, like, stage this out to a certain degree. But the possibility of having two projects alone on top of Peacemaker 2 and um, whatever else could come, maybe another Suicide Squad, uh, that idea of knowing that you could have two or three of these in the pipeline working and that so far his formula has been nothing but success, it would be a win-win for DC warner brothers to catch in on so i'm hopeful they pay attention to that and like you said because it's james gunn because you know that he's going to take great characters we love and bring them to life and hopefully you know pull them out of obscurity and make them fun and you know maybe even get in comic books again soon i think those are all great things and stuff to look forward to whoever it is as you said i mean seriously i'm gonna echo steve on this one kite man hell yeah like let's do it (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's do it. And, you know, what a perfect match that would be for his fiance to be like the the hard nosed kite man. You're an idiot. I'm going to beat you up and smack you around. But then I need you to do a job. Get your kite. That could be I'm already in like, boom, you got me for six episodes, maybe 12. With that, we have to take a quick ad break. We're going to come right back. And then we've got magic in the form of comic book news, other news. And, well, the wit and wisdom of Mr. Brad Felicki. I'm just here to uh, set him up. It's pretty awesome. Be right back right after this. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Bub, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f- with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. You know what the best thing about time is? Flies when you're having a good one. 
Hey, <laughs> we are back. That was the quickest ad break in the history of ad breaks. We know we were there. Just, you know, believe us. Leading things off for comic book news here on DC Comics News episode podcast episode number 156 here with the amazing Brad Felicki. We have the announcement of a major DC superhero who was murdered recently in the human target number six. Brad, what did you think about this? Did you read it? Are you reading it? Or did, you know, what's your take on this story? Uh, I am reading it and uh, I don't know how spoilery I want to get, but it is a character that I have loved for a while um, and is maybe one of my favorite characters to ever wear a certain ring. Um, but, you know, it, it didn't stri- didn't strike me as something that was shocking, except for how he died, um, because it, it it's hard to find exactly where in continuity some of these Black Label series fall. So um, I almost saw it as kind of uh, another world in the omniverse, not necessarily the main DC universe where this was happening. But it was a character that I loved, and it was uh, it was pretty gruesome. What about you? Yeah, I've been reading it as well. And I remember, actually, when I picked up the issue, I was, like, too behind it. And the guys at the shop were like, catch up. Catch up right now. Yeah. Just catch up. I was like, okay. So I did. Yeah. And then I chuckled, and I was like, okay, I get the big... You know, I distinctly remember one of the earliest uh, Green Lantern books I bought was when uh, Hal Jordan comes back and takes back 2814 from Guy and they do a fist fight. Like, right. Like, at first they get into a ring fight and then they're like, nah, screw this. No rings. Mono. And they just get down and they get dirty. And it was a pretty awesome issue. And I, I love the voice of Hal in that. So it was fun for me because I remember Guy from JLI where he was just a total jerk. And then there were some moments where, you know, he but mostly overall, he was just that character who was annoying and you love to kind of just hate him or get annoyed by him being such a jerk and getting on everybody's nerves and then getting checked every once in a while in like the most appropriate way. Like he was like that guy who's such a loudmouth. You're like, ah, it's going to be so good when he gets his comeuppance because, you know, it always happens. And then when it doesn't, it's always because he's smacking around a bad guy with the same sort of brutality and ruthlessness. And you're like, okay, here it works. Here it works. But (laughs) the way that this story developed in this issue, yeah, without giving away, all I can add to what Brad has already wonderfully said is it, it was an interesting way to have him pass. And also, as you point out, where in continuity does this take place? Remember, too, guys died a couple times and come back. I mean, this is comics. There's, yeah. you know, some <laughs> some people don't come back right away. You know, I'm going to miss Alfred as long as he's gone. But I also like I know there's that hope. Right. And there's where this took place at and all these other factors. So the thing that I noticed the most is this happened in issue number six. So we've got plenty of story to tell. And this one, in my opinion, most certainly is not done. But man, what a great little, you know, page marker there. Come back to this one if you uh, if you like and if you enjoy. Now, if if that's simply, you know, the death of a character, simply not that dark for you. Well, guess what? We've got something darker, as in Dark Crisis, the next, as is described in this article, tentpole event following death of the Justice League. Brad, what do you think about this story and what we can look forward to in 2022? You know, I, I, I like how they're teasing that this is going to tie up a lot of things that's been going on because there are a lot of, um, you know, things going on in the DC universe that need kind of tying up. Uh, it's been going on for a while, you know, with the, with the infinite frontier stuff and, you know, granted with things like shadow war trial, of the Amazons, uh, uh, and the war for, uh, earth three is tying up a lot, but there are still some things out there. So I'm hoping that this does have a lot of substance and a lot of high stakes and a lot of changes made. I hope it's not just, uh, a big superhero fight i hope there's more to it and it's looking like there there definitely will be dc doesn't just put the crisis name on on anything you know just on any willy-nilly thing so it, it is going to be a very significant story so I, I, this is one that i would definitely uh definitely pay attention to and definitely pick up uh what about you 
Yeah, I think you pointed out something, you know, really valuable to keep in mind is if you've been listening to the stories we've been telling the past couple months, there is so much going on in DC right now. You've got the Infinite Frontier storyline, you've got the 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 War of the Earths going on, you've got the Trial of the Amazons going on, you've had the events going on in Atlantis with the Aquaman. Then you've got the upcoming Death of the Justice League. You've got the Great Darkness thing that's been going on with Justice League and Legion. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. You got the stuff that happened in, um, oh, my brain wants to call it um, something else, but in the recent Future series where we got a chance to flash forward. And there's that feeling of like, when do those events come to pass? Do they come to pass? Are they dark possibility? You know what I mean? It, it, there's a lot of ideas about how there are many things occurring and it's interesting how they're connected time-wise as well as how they will be addressed with this uh, crisis. And I'm intrigued because I wonder, you know, what if it, it does that great thing, which I remember crisis did so nicely at the end of issue number 12, it showed us a lot of resolutions, but it also showed us these great threads where the stories can continue. You know, that was where we lost Barry, but Wally picks up the uniform and the, the thing that was killing him when he used the speed wasn't doing it anymore. Um, his top speed was only this, but that was his beginning. You know, you had other characters who were going on other journeys. I feel like that's also been something that's been carried on from the original Infinite uh, Crisis series and how you have in each of these crises. They bring these things to a close, but they also use them to show that, yeah, that's the solution to one thing, but that solution causes something else. So. I think there's a great opportunity to tie up some of these loose ends, but also to take some of them and push them further. You know, say, here's more thread. This is actually where these go. We've solved this one thing. Now there's, as I love the saying, there's more work to be done. Congratulations. You've earned the right to continue working. <laughs> so um, I'm looking forward to all of that. I, I feel I feel that there's some concern about how often there is such a major event going on in D.C., but I feel that if you're leading it with the story and you're also addressing the fact that there was a lot of plans with 5G and others that had to be modified, this is part of that resolution too. Just as we were talking about loose ends when it comes to the comic stories, there's been loose ends uh, that were in need of being addressed as far as the industry, as far as the company, as far as you know the direction of the characters. So this sounds like a really smart approach. I think it will do the things we want it to. And talking about those different things that are going on we also have some updates of uh the shadow war alpha leading into the upcoming shadow war crossover event and we kick off with the is it really the death of a character i mean this is one of those ah, i'm gonna let brad take over i could just wind us in knots right now go ahead buddy what do you got you know uh i gotta say that the story was spoilery for me uh, because I did pick up the Shadow War Alpha, but I've not had a chance to to read it yet. No. Um, well, it's okay. You know why? You know, because I I kind of figured, uh, given what was happening, that that might be a character that it happens to. So I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't feel angry by having it spoiled for me. Um, oh, okay. So I, I yeah I, I could say that I think that the character makes it because it's it's a significant character, uh, but there's also a lot of ways that this character can come back and things like that. So uh, I, I think it's um, the character death that can be both significant and useful in the possibilities for storytelling and ways to bring him back. So. That's, you know, that's what I'll say about that. What about you? I I think you you really encapsulated, you know, so many of the different things people are going to come to the same sort of understanding about when they read this article and they understand what we're talking about and significance, because there's a lot of different ways this can happen. We've recently had the uh, the Robin storyline focusing on an island and a whole other sect and, and these divisions of the history of uh the demon, the the different branches that have come out of following it and different things like that. So I feel like with this uh, Shadow War touching on all these different places, the death of this character, it, it's one of those where, sure, it might be a finality in one sense, or it could be just an opening. Here's the thing that gets me. It's Joshua Williamson doing all three, and he's kind of got the Jeff Lemire touch now, right? Like, 
we trust. We just trust. So yeah, they've really <laughs> given him the, the keys to the kingdom. Well, and he's done right by them. Like, it's definitely not a situation in which I ever feel he's been overmatched by whatever the, the story is. And I just I haven't had a chance to crack it open yet, but I just picked up his rogues and everyone's telling me that thing's just phenomenal. So I feel like every direction he's going in, I think it's the same thing when I was talking about the Flash TV series. If you've got the right intention and you know what the important values are that you should be addressing in the story, you're going to come out fine. And I, I feel like he does that with so many characters. Like he figures out what, what is it that's important about that? What is it I want to tell about that? And then when he does that, you've got these magic stories. And yeah, man, give him all the keys. I don't care. Like let him pick up all the characters. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what we're saying after this is all said and done. However, we also have to keep in mind that there is a uh, tournament to select new digital first series runs for 2022. It's a round robin, and the round one concludes with Justice League something, Green Lantern, and Kid Flash as the winners. Brad, can you unlock this for anyone else who's going, I have no idea what he was just talking about, but I feel like I want to. It looks like it's DC's version of... Uh, March Madness. But, you know, um, given what this competition has been, uh, man, I, I'm not voting because I want to read all of them. So I, I don't know if I could possibly pick a favorite. I mean, I, I might be leaning towards Constantine and the Demon, Vacation from Hell, to have been the winner. But all of these I would I would read. Um like so we've got Hawkman and Hawkwoman, the Changeling, versus Constantine and the Demon Vacation from Hell, Justice League Redacted, versus Kid Flash, the Speed of Fear, Green Lantern, the Light at the End of Forever, versus DC Horror Presents Ghost Tour from Hell, uh, Green Lantern, the Birth of Conspiracy, versus Superboy, the Man of Tomorrow. See, man, I would read all of those. Uh, what about you? Definitely. Although I can honestly say the one that speaks to me the most is Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy. I don't know why. I simply do not know why, but that that title just gets me. I will be honest, I was reading Department of Truth before we hopped on, and that thing really spins the conspiracy wheel in your brain if you've had a chance to. Ch so, yeah, that's just happening with <laughs> with me right now. Um, and, and it makes that idea you know, seem so tantalizing, but you're right. I would read all of these. I would happily read, you know, even the drafts of the scripts of the ones that don't get done just to say, oh, that's pretty cool. I dig that. But uh, in the meantime, we have this fun to look forward to because apparently March Madness is contagious. People love brackets this time of year. I don't even know who's been in the thing or who's going to the thing or, you know, when the big game is or whatever, but I can guarantee you, like Brad, I'll be happy to find out that, you know, there's a winner out of all this. And I'll be even happier if they still tell me they're going to make all these books anyways. Do it. Do it, DC. Bet you the money I'll pay for the books that I'm not alone. Brad's with me. We're knocking on the door. That's right. I'm bringing back an old Bo Jackson reference. <laughs> with that, I'm going to shift gears away. We've got a few more things to share with you. Actually... Sorry, one more thing to share with you as far as comics, a little bit more on the other side. But this one is one that it would have been great to hear uh, our good friend, Mr. Steve J. Ray, let us know his thoughts. He expressed them in a bit of communique I saw recently. But, you know, there's what you can express when you're writing and what you can express when you're talking. We have the announcement that DC Universe Infinite has expanded into more countries, including our good friends, homestead brad what'd you think about this announcement more dc uh, for the world better world all together yeah i i love it i hope this expands all over the world uh march 28th it uh, arrived in canada so that's great uh and uh australia and New zealand got it on march 29th and towards the end of this month april 28th uh uk and our good friend steve j ray will be able to get it um and Brazil and Mexico are scheduled for summer. I, I think that's just great news for DC. I think it's great news for the fans in those countries um, because there's such a great library in these books. Um, so many classic, important stories um, that 
it, it's great to have this avenue now spreading out to more countries because these stories are so good that they need to be shared with as many peace people as possible. Uh, I, I love the idea of somebody in Mexico discovering Watchmen for the first time, things like that. You know, I mean, it's just it's just uh, great news. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think one of the great things that, that really sticks out for me, and I, I loved what you were describing, the idea of someone in another country picking up, a, you know, a seminal work like uh, Watchmen or something like that. But I also feel like um, there's this amazing potential for anyone who's somewhere else, you know, in a country where this hasn't been available to then um, to then go ahead and say, oh, wow, look, there's this whole back catalog of stories that I get to read up on. That There's a whole history of DC Comics that's right at your fingertips that you can explore, that you can enjoy. And it's it's now available in so many different places around the world. That means so many more fans, so many more potential future storytellers, writers, artists. Um, I think that's going to also mean that many more voices to better inform future stories. It It's a guaranteed win. I, I'm surprised it took this long to get, but I understand there's probably some tech IT whatever IP thing that I don't understand and someone else does and they can go ahead and explain it to us at some point. Cause right now I'm just glad it's happening and yeah, I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> um, we do have a couple of stories on our other category. One of them. Um, yeah, there's no good way to say this suicide squad kill the justice league delayed until 2023. Um, Brad, you going to be okay, man. <laughs> I, uh, I I am going to be okay. Uh, I'll just repeat what I have said uh, when it comes to video it's a safe game space. delays. Yeah, is that, uh, it, you know, I, I'd rather wait and have a polished product than get a buggy game that drives people crazy when it comes out. Because if that happens, a lot of times it's really hard for a game to recover. So I... You know, I think that gives them more time to really come up with a great finished game. And uh, I still haven't taken the plunge for a a PS5 or a a Xbox Series X. So that gives me more time. If there's not going to be a Xbox One or PlayStation 4 version of the game to get one of the new consoles. So... Uh, I, I'm I'm willing I'm willing to wait. So um, yeah, it's just as a gamer, you you that kind of comes with the territory. Well, what about you? I think you've just made a great argument for why it is that everyone can now save up to get one of those newer consoles and thus play it. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of a gift, right? Like, hey, didn't have the money to get it right now. Now you've got more time to save. You've got another year, basically, to uh, go ahead and start socking away the cash, beg, plead, you know, whatever you got to do to to get the money to, to get it. And um, if you already got it, now you just have to be patient. Well, I follow what Brad said, you know. I, I'd like to be done in the time they said, but I'd rather it be done with quality than something that's rushed just to get it to a deadline. And then afterwards you're like, yeah, we should take it a little longer. Wouldn't it have been nice if this was better? So with that, I can definitely see that. And um, I mean, there's there's no joy in picking up a game and being like, wow, they just really stopped working on it, didn't they? Um, it's like anything else. You can tell when someone stops putting in the quality. With that, we have one final other category story for you today, and that is the announcement that Warner Brothers is kicking off celebrations of its 100th anniversary. Brad, can you believe it's been 100 years? I think you look great. I feel amazing. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm interested to see exactly what they announced for this. Um, It's going to be taking place starting at the end of this year, going throughout 2023. But it's going to be live events and more, studio tours, uh, as well as things for HBO Max, uh, TNT, TBS, True TV. Uh, and there's certainly oh, also Warner Brothers Animation and Adult Swim Cartoon Network. So I think that we can definitely say with some kind of certainty that 
DC characters are going to be involved. And um, I mean, that could be any number of things from comics to um, special documentaries to, you know, maybe some more of that stuff that was on the DC Universe streaming service that hasn't moved over yet to HBO Max. See some of that come over. Um, so, yeah, the possibilities are are endless, but uh, I think we can safely say that there's going to be some DC stuff in that celebration. Uh, what about you? I would imagine to expect as well, and I think you pointed out well that that not everything from uh, DC Universe has migrated to HBO Max. Some things go, and then after a while they get cycled out. You know, some things will be on HBO Max for a period of time, and then they're gone again for a while before they come back. So I, I would like to see this opportunity seized and more materials spread to other services if they have to do it that way. But I would also love to see, like, you know, much, much like you would like anyone on an anniversary to say, we're not just looking back on the past and resting on our laurels. Here's what we're doing next. Here's the next whatever it might be. Um, and I'm intrigued by the fact that the story is pointing out that you know, the actual 100th anniversary is one year from now, April 4th of 2023, but that their intention is to celebrate everything from now up until then, basically one year of celebrations of this 100 years. So that's 365 days you've got to deliver all sorts of different things. Um, I would love to see an announcement about something like, say, um, Why the Last Man? being confirmed on a streaming service and other properties where they're like, hey, you know, one of the great things about rebirth renewal is new chances, new opportunity, whatever it might be, and using that as a way to bring more of this content to all these different platforms so we can access and enjoy. Um, I'm pretty sure this means we've got a year of stories about this coming our way. Uh, Warner Brothers, you've got a whole year. We're here to, you know, pretty much promote all the stuff you've got that's DC related. So don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you're really doing. Because we're here to tell you all about it, just like we did and we plan to each and every time. That was our final news story for this uh, week's episode number 156. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. I've been joined by the brilliant Mr. Brad Felicki. We didn't get into the fashion side, folks, but as you know, when we do, he's the man we get. Should you have thoughts, questions, comments about anything else he might have addressed today, Brad, how can the good people follow up with you? Well, you can find me... Running news reviews, dccomicsnews.com, of course, and on the Mad Love Hardly Quinn podcast on the DC Comics News uh, Podcast Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And where can people find you? I am here. I'm happy to be here as often as I can, as many of the DC and weekly podcast episodes as possible. You can find me hanging out with the gang on stuff like Mad Love. You can find me writing reviews for DC Comics News. You can find me sort of just hanging out in different places. Um, although I know if you've got an investigative nose, well, my name's Seth. My last name's Singleton. Let me know when you find me, if you choose to find me. and love to have a conversation with you. Otherwise, just send it to the gang here at DC Comics News. You can find us on all of your favorite social media platforms. Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Insta, YouTube, you name it. Use the at symbol and DC Comics News. Capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. Use that handle. And you'll guarantee that we get to know what you're thinking, what you want to know, questions, comments, whatever. And for me, just send all those that way. I'd love to hear the thoughts. Love to let the gang, you know, poke fun at me for questions you might want to ask or uh, questions they know I can't answer. And we need someone smarter like Brad or Steve or Josh or, you know, the good people. So with that, let us know what you're thinking, where you're at, how you're doing. And make sure that if you haven't yet, you're subscribed so you never miss out. We're on all your favorite big time podcast platforms from iTunes and uh, Google and Stitcher and Spotify and pretty much every other podcast platform out there that carries podcasts. Just subscribe, whatever one you're on, tell a friend, let them know where we are, and make sure you never miss out on great stuff like upcoming weekly episodes, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. As Brad mentioned, we've got Mad Love. We've got I Am the Night, Batman the Animated Series, episode-by-episode uh, episode breakdown, Mr. Steve J. Ray, and so many other great things coming your way you simply do not want to miss out. Subscribe, thank us later, and stay tuned. Because we'll be back next time for more stories 
all about movies, TV, streaming, comics, other and more. When it comes to DC, we're your one-stop shopping source. And we have one last reminder we always like to share with you each and every time. And that is to always read more comics. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We did an echo effect there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Echo, 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 echo. We're getting better at that. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Uh, Well, (laughs) hey, Brad, thanks for a great time. Bye, everyone. 